Yo, how's it going, everybody? This is Noah Eldridge from the Eldridge Podcast, and we are back. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. First of all, I just want to thank, or actually, first, I just want to apologize really quick. It has been way too long. I think it's been since May, like the end of May, and I took a long break before then. Like my last episode before that was about March, and then I made one in May, and now we're at, like at the end of September. And of course, in that May episode, I was like, I'm back. I'm ready to grind, and here we are at the end of September. But we are back. This is going to be season two, episode one. I thought I'd just get a fresh start, make a new season. But now I want to thank everyone just for encouraging me to bring this back. Uh, I, I've had so many people surprisingly like come up to me and say, hey, man, how's the podcast going? Hey, man, please bring the podcast back. Like I love listening to it, and like that's really awesome to hear. So like, that's really great. You guys don't know how much that means to me. So seriously, that's awesome. But, you know, let's let's get right into the sports because that's what this podcast is about. Man, it's good to be back. All right. First, so of course, so much has happened since May. I'm not going to go that far back, but I'm going to try to get as much done as I can today. And it's going to be a 30-minute episode as always. Hopefully, I can get back on a schedule. I will not say a schedule at this moment. I'm just going to drop episodes whenever I really feel like it, but I'm going to try to get at least one out a week but I would like to put out more in a week. Anyways, too much chatter. Let's get straight into sports. All right, so first thing I got right here, I just put a bunch of things in my notes. We're just going to go over it. We got Richard Sherman announced on his podcast that he was signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do I think about this? I think it's a good move for the Buccaneers, but not as good as some people might think. I mean, I haven't really heard what, the public thinks about it, and I haven't talked to a ton of people about it, but Sherman now is more of like a zone corner. He's not really that man-to-man, you know, on Michael Crabtree, like back in the day, like that's, he's past his prime now. He's done with that part of football. So like, he's a good zone corner, and he'll definitely help the Buccaneers with his experience and his veteran leadership if he has any left, (laughs) but like, I think it's a good move, but he can't be a number one corner. He's a number two, number three corner, can't go man-to-man. He will get burned, but they needed him, and they got him, so there you go. But yeah, I'd give him a a B. If I had to give the Buccaneers a grade, I'd give him a B, and I got to give Sherman an A-plus on this, man. You're going to a Super Bowl contender. You're going to be one of the top corners for the first few games at least because uh, I, I believe Jamal Dean or Jamel Dean... Sorry, I forgot his name. Sorry, but I believe he's out this week against the Patriots. So, yeah, and I mean, Sherman's got his beef with the Patriots anyway, so this will be great. But I'm going to give the Buccaneers a B just because it was a need and a good veteran player, and I'll give Sherman an A+, because he's going to a Super Bowl contender, and he's going to get a lot of playing time. And he just got signed in general. But all right, let's keep it moving here. We're going to stay with the NFL here. This is from Instagram at NFL memes underscore IG. So I know that worries you guys that it might be a meme. It's just a meme because like it's funny, but it actually is statistically correct. So this this is ridiculous. Justin Fields last week completed six passes for 68 yards, which is awful versus the Browns and also lost a total of 67 yards after being sacked nine times. Miles Garrett got AFC defensive player of the week because dude had five of them meaning the bears only had one yard passing in fields first start 
So let me reread that again because I kind of said stuff in between. I'll just read it all as one. Justin Fields completed six passes for 68 yards versus the Browns and also lost a total of 67 yards after being sacked nine times, meaning the Bears only had one yard passing in Fields' first start. Now, here's my thoughts on this. Yes, the Browns have a very good defense, but they haven't looked great to start the year. This is all I'm saying, man. I will say it right here. I am a fan of Andy Dalton. Now, do I think he's an all-pro best quarterback I've ever seen? No, but I think he's a great backup and a decent starter for a few games. I was cool with what the Bears were going to do, start him for a few games, then put in fields, and then unfortunately Dalton got hurt, and this is just what I hate. All these games that the Bears were losing, and all the, all the fans, oh, put Fields in. Fields is way better. Dalton's trash. If you look at the games, the Bears' O-line is so bad. So bad. And Dalton's not that, like, he's kind of mobile, but he's not that mobile. So, like, he, he can't escape. They got 38, 39-year-old Jason Peters out at left tackle who got absolutely torched by Miles Garrett. Like, torched. I mean, the dude gave up five sacks. And that's not counting, you know, a few times Fields slipped away. A few times Garrett just missed him. Like, he got loose a lot. That game right there was the end of Jason Peters. And I respect Jason Peters. He was a great player. Keyword there, was. He's 38, 39 years old now. There's no way he's going to be able to block Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is just a freaking menace. But anyways, back on topic here. The Browns' defense is great. And I expected them to be great. But all I'm saying, guys, is, and I think Justin Fields is going to be good, but I'm not a fan of Fields right now. I just, all these people saying, oh, he's the next Russell Wilson. Oh, he's the next greatest quarterback. All this stuff. Shut up, bro. Like, he's not, he's not, he doesn't look that good right now, but I'm not going to hate too much because it was his first game. But the Bears are terrible. I mean, Tariq Cohen, I think is on IR. He's out for a while. Their defense is pretty good, but they have a lot of money into it. I think they overpaid for Robert Quinn. Of course, they have Khalil Mack. Like, their defense is good, but kind of getting old now, and I don't think their DBs are that great since they uh, lost Kyle Fuller. Like, and then offensively, I like Allen Robinson. I like Darnell Mooney. I like Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet's pretty good. Their O-line is awful, and I love David Montgomery. So, honestly, their offense is pretty good besides the offensive line. But and overall, guys, their coach is awful. I, I was one of the people, you could probably find a past podcast where I defended him. I was one of the Matt Nagy lovers. I was like, you know what? I like Matt Nagy. I think they should keep him. Like, they need to hold on to Matt Nagy. I think he's a good coach. I'm throwing all of that out the window. He is a terrible coach. They need to fire him after this season. Pretty much no matter what happens, unless they win the division, which we all know will not happen. So anyways, I don't really believe in fields right now. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to hate too much though. Anyways, on to the next topic here. This is from uh, Instagram. It was Bleacher Report Gridiron. Guys, this is just ridiculous. So you guys probably saw that Raheem Mostert had a knee injury that will have him out for the rest of the year. He basically, like it was a knee injury. I don't remember what specifically, but he has to have season ending surgery. He is out for the year. He is done. And this is just ridiculous. So Raheem Mostert's wife, uh, Devin or Devon Mostert, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she asked fans to stop sending hateful messages to family after the running back's injury. She says people have even said Raheem should, quote, 
quote, should kill himself, end quote. One of the comments says people are taking fantasy too far. Like, this is, this is so bad. Like, and that, that's what one of the comments said on Instagram. It says that people are taking fantasy too far. Th- this is awful, guys. Like, if you're sending hate messages to Raheem Mostert, telling him that he should kill himself, th- this, is, this, is, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is not what sports is about or should be about. I mean, I really don't know what else to say about this. You shouldn't do this. And, I mean, it's just not morally right. Like, what what are you guys doing? And exactly, that guy who left that comment, people are taking fantasy too far, is totally right. Like, I get it. You drafted him in fantasy, and now you got to drop him. But, like, really, man? You're going to tell the guy? I, I just don't get it. On to the next topic here. Staying with Instagram. I get most of my stuff from Instagram, but don't worry. I quote the person who says it. And I make sure it's good. Anyways, Instagram, this is from at pod. I really like these guys. So anyways, they put this graphic. They put the Panthers-Cowboys matchup should be nice. The Panthers have scored 69 points this season. And the Cowboys have allowed 69 points this season. This is going to be an amazing matchup. I am so excited. Now, I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey or JC Horn. I still think it's going to be a great game. I'm going to have to take my Cowboys. But I think it's going to be a great game. I believe in Darnold. You can find a past podcast where I've defended Darnold multiple times. I think Darnold's the man. Is he better than Dak? No. But I like Darnold. And I think it's going to be a great game. But go Cowboys. All right. On to the next thing here. Next topic. From Instagram, at NBA County. So we're switching from NFL to NBA here. The Nets can't trade Kyrie since his trade value is, quote, virtually zero, end quote. His value is so low because he's too unpredictable. Guys, once again, go look at a go look at a past podcast. Leave this podcast right now and go look at a past one. This is all I'm saying about Kyrie, man. The dude is just unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't have the vaccine right now, so he's only going to be able to play in about half of the games. I mean, and who knows with his injuries or his off-court issues. I've never seen anyone with more you know, sitting out for personal reasons, just off-court issues. I've never seen anyone more than Kyrie. It's just, you guys know how I feel about this. I I just, if I'm the Nets, I trade Kyrie, but this is telling me that they can't trade Kyrie. And because no one wants him, and I don't blame him. Who wants Kyrie Irving right now? Even if you're the Sixers and you want to get rid of Ben Simmons, like Kyrie, first of all, probably will only play half half of the games anyway. But now he's for sure only going to play half of the games because he does not have the vaccine. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to talk about the vaccine and say you should get it or you shouldn't get it. I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just stating the facts that he does not have the vaccine. He will not be able to play in half of the games. That is why people don't want to trade for him. Other reasons being his off the court issues. This is what I've been saying about Kyrie. The dude's an absolute mess. Everyone's picking the Nets to win the title. I'm sorry, dude. It's not happening. Anyways, continuing here. uh, The New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, wants Kyrie to be vaccinated. Quote, your fans want to see you. We all want you back. Your teammates want you back. End quote. So, I mean, this is now the mayor coming out and saying this. I mean, I pretty much said everything I need to say on this topic. But yeah, this is getting big, big news. I mean, my mom even told me that she saw it. And she just watches like normal news, not Sports Center or anything. Like she saw that they were talking about Kyrie not having the vaccine. So it is pretty crazy that this is all public. Like, I mean, 
if I didn't have the vaccine and I was one of these big NBA players, like that would be tough. You know, you got a lot of people disagreeing with you and saying you're wrong and all this stuff. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so yeah. And then staying with the vaccines and players not getting the vaccine and COVID any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that they miss. So they will not only not be able to play in the games, which there's 82 games in an NBA season, 41 of them are home games. The other 41 are away games. So they will not be able to like Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins will not be able to play in home games. I believe Jonathan Isaac as well. And maybe Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr., Jonathan Isaac, Kyrie Irving, and Andrew Wiggins. And they aren't the only four in the league doing this. It's just probably the four biggest players that are doing it. So, yeah, they will not only not be able to play in those games, but they won't be paid for those games. So, if you think about it, they're going to lose out on about half of their salary. That's a lot of money. I mean, they're still going to make millions and millions of dollars. But think about it. You're set to make 30 million this year. You're only going to make 15. I mean, that's a big difference. And I'm saying only 15. Like, of course, I'll take $15 million, but that's a big deal to these guys. You know, these guys have bills to pay. So it's going to be interesting to see what these guys do if they, you know, cave in and get the vaccine or decide not to and just play half of the games. I could very well see Kyrie Irving just playing half of the games and not caring. I can't speak for the other guys, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Michael Porter Jr., or uh, I'm forgetting one. But yeah, I can't I can't speak for them. But I have a very good feeling Kyrie's gonna sit out half the games. I mean, he just he just doesn't you know that's that's who he is. So all right, moving on to the next topic here, we're gonna talk about Ben Simmons, guys. There's been a lot, there's been a lot of crap on Ben Simmons, man. So let's just get into it. So Ben Simmons is willing to sit the entire season if Philly does not move him, and this is from Ramona Shelburne. Quote: When you talk. To people, sorry, quote, when you talk to people close to Ben, I say, okay, worst case scenario, it takes all year. Would he sit all year? And the answer right now is yes. This is from Ramona Shelbourne, ESPN, and then posted on Instagram by Hoops Hype. So, yeah, and the primary motivation for Simmons' aggressive holdout is that he wants to be in an offense built around him as the number one option. So, I mean, this is a lot, guys. I mean, I could see him sitting out the whole year. I mean, of course he's going to say that so he can get traded. But I could really see him doing this. And guys, I don't blame him. I mean, the city of Philadelphia has treated this man like absolute crap. They've booed him. They've said he's a bust. They, I mean, all this hate. I mean, everyone was talking about Ben Simmons for about a week. Oh, he's trash. He's, you know, and it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Simmons. But this dude almost won Defensive Player of the Year. He's the second best player on his team, whether you like it or not. And he's a great point guard. I get it. He didn't take the shot. He played awful. I'm not saying he played great. He played awful in the playoffs. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I just, you can't hate on this dude and call him garbage and all this stuff. I get it. He can't shoot. And that sucks. He needs to work on his jump shot. But even without a jump shot, he is still not a good player, a great player, an all-star level player. He is. Whether you like it or not. I'm not a big fan of Ben Simmons, but he is. I'm just spitting facts. So, yeah, I just... I don't understand the hate on Ben Simmons. You got to give him some more years. Obviously, he's got to work on his jump shot. Um, so, so that's something he's got to deal with. And that's coaching too. Hey, man, get in the gym. Hey, man, put up some shots, you know? Like, it is Ben Simmons, but 
That's Doc Rivers. That's Joel Embiid being a good teammate saying, yo, let's go put up some shots together. You know what I mean? And it's also, but overall it is Ben Simmons. He's got to make that choice to get in the gym, put in the hard work and work on his jump shot. So yeah, I mean, we're going to see, but I just, I I think he's going to sit the whole year if they don't trade him. And I don't think Philly wants to trade him or I think they did want to trade him, but I don't think they want to trade him now because his trade value is not that much anymore because they're idiots and said, we want to trade him. Like, I'm just so disappointed with the Philadelphia 76ers organization. Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, all these guys. They have handled this situation terribly. Almost the worst way possible. Like, I don't want to say the worst way possible, but we're getting there. Because they, I mean, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid just destroyed him after they were eliminated by the Hawks. Like, right after they were eliminated from the playoffs. They were just destroying this dude to the media and just talking crap about him. It was awful. And then now they just want to be like, oh yeah, we still want him on the team. Yeah, we still want Ben Simmons. We still, like, we don't want to trade him. It's like, dude, you literally said that you did want to trade him and then no one wanted him because that lowered his value and now you want to keep him. Like, it's so obvious. They just did such a terrible job. But Ben Simmons, I hope you get to go where you want to go. But unfortunately, man, if you're going to be the number one option and the offense is going to be built around you, I mean, you're not looking at the greatest places. You're looking at Sacramento. You're looking at OKC. You're not looking at the greatest teams right now. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. But this is uh, Shaquille O'Neal on Ben, the Ben Simmons situation. Quote, he got exposed in the playoffs. Does anyone want him? I'm not paying $200 million for a guy who will not be aggressive and will not shoot in playoff time. I agree with you, Shaq. I think he's overpaid. Um, I know I just said a bunch of good things about Ben Simmons, but yes, he is overpaid. But there's a lot of guys in this league who are overpaid. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. just signed this massive $200 million deal. He's overpaid. I like Michael Porter Jr. He's a good player. He's the third best option on the Nuggets. He's a great offensive player 200 million dollars brother no way that i mean over overpaid is becoming such a common thing in the nba because these guys just want so much money so yeah ben simmons is overpaid and i understand where Shaq is coming from here but he's still one of the if not the best defensive player in the league and i'm not kidding like i mean that is he the best player or is he the best defensive player in the league right now probably not but i'd give him top five i mean who you got? You got Giannis. You got, like, without naming Ben Simmons. You got Giannis. You got Kawhi. I guess you got to put Gobert in there. I don't like him. But Giannis, Kawhi, Gobert, Jimmy Butler. I mean, there's a lot of great players. But Ben Simmons is in the conversation. You know what I mean? I mean, he was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year this year. So, I don't know. But let's keep it moving here. This is Bradley Beal on tampering during Team USA tenor. So, Quote, this is kind of a weird quote. It's worded weird, but I'll read it because it's a quote. I got to say it exactly how it's said. Quote, I couldn't breathe without someone asking me what I wanted to do this summer. Would I play with that person? So, yeah, I mean, I saw something that said Westbrook tried to convince Bradley Beal to ask for a trade. And then Westbrook got traded. But, yeah, I mean, I respect Bradley Beal. He wants to, he's one of my favorite players in the league right now. He wants to win in Washington. I just don't think that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. I think he needs to go somewhere and be the second or th- even third guy, but probably the second best player. But 
He likes Washington. He wants to be the guy there. I understand it. But yeah, I could totally see all those guys on Team USA saying, hey, come play for me. Come play with me. I totally un- like. I totally get it. He's, he's a great player. He's one of the best players in the league right now. But de- definitely, I mean, wouldn't you say he's a top three scorer? I know that sounds nuts, but I mean, he was second in scoring last year. So maybe not pure scorer, but I mean, the stats say he's one of the best scorers in the league. All right, let's keep it moving. Staying with the NBA here. Damian Lillard is more determined to win a championship in Portland after watching a small market team like Milwaukee win a ring. Oh, Lillard, you're killing me, man. Lillard might be my favorite player in the NBA. Him and Bradley Beal are like top five for me. I really do love both of those guys, but they're killing me, man. I just, all I've wanted to see them do is go to a better team and they just can't do it. They just want to be loyal. And Lillard, I respect you once again for doing this, but you don't have Drew Holiday. You don't have Giannis. You don't have Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. You got no one on their level, man. Your team is not good. Like, I just, Lillard, you really want to tell me that you're looking at your roster, your team right now, and you're like, oh yeah, we can win a title with this team. Like, there's no way, man. I mean, let's look at the Portland Trailblazers roster. Like, because maybe I'm freaking out, but let's look. First of all, they play in the West, which is a must, much, much harder conference. Okay, so we got Lillard, McCollum, Norman Powell, Larry Nance Jr., Yusuf Nurkic, Greg Brown, who I think was their first-round pick, Cody Zeller, Ben McLemore, Robert Covington, Tony Snell, Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, Dennis Smith Jr., and then I think this is all their bench guys, but Trendon Watford, Marquise Chris, CJ Ellibi, Quinn Cook, Patrick Patterson, and Kelgen Blevins. So, yeah, I mean, this team's decent. This might, this is probably a playoff team in the West just because of Lillard. But, I mean, it's the same thing over and over, guys. I mean, their defense was bad, so they got Larry Nance Jr., Okay, that helps a little bit, but like, so what's your starting lineup looking like? Probably Lillard, McCollum, Powell, Nance, Nurkic. That's a decent starting lineup. Who's who's going to guard LeBron, though? And Giannis and Davis. And Nurkic is good, but can he guard Jokic or Embiid? You know, and Lillard can hang with Curry, but can McCollum hang with Clay? Can Nance? Like, I just, I don't know, man. I like that. That's a good starting lineup. But then you go to their bench and you're like, ooh. So you got Robert Covington, who I really like. He'll be good off the bench. Tony Snell, he's kind of just a 3 and D guy. Doesn't do much else. Anthony Simons, I like him. He's a good backup point guard. Ben McLemore, kind of just a shooter. Can't really play defense. Nasir Little hasn't been great thus far. Cody Zeller, I mean, career backup center. Nothing crazy. Dennis Smith Jr. is kind of falling apart. Undersized backup point guard. Same for Quinn Cook. And Marquise Chris is coming off a serious injury. Uh, Undersized center. And Patrick Patterson's old. I mean, that's their whole roster right there. There's just... uh, I just... I shouldn't have to be on this topic for this long. But Lillard, I'm sorry, man. There is no way you win a title with this team. I'm sorry. I mean, there's a chance you may not even make the playoffs. So... All right, let's keep it moving here. We're switching back to the NFL here. Brady and Belichick's goodbye conversation was over the phone. I mean, oh, man. I mean, we got Patriots, Buccaneers. I believe, is it Monday night or Sunday night? I think it's Monday night. 
and I, I think the Buccaneers are going to blow them out. Both teams are going to be pissed off, but the Buccaneers are just way better. I mean, there's just no way the Patriots can even hang with them. I mean, you, you go up and down their roster, and you're like, okay, Mac Jones, Brady. Of course, I'm going to take Brady. You want to go to receivers? You got whatever, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. God, I don't even know what other receivers they have. Uh, versus Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown. Oh, you want to go tight ends? Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry versus Gronk and OJ Howard. I'll take Gronk and OJ Howard, right? Just with the way the Patriots tight ends have played this year. So I don't know. But anyways, their goodbye conversation was over the phone. Tom wanted to say goodbye to Bill Belichick in person, but Belichick said he was he was not available. This, oh my God. Just the disrespect. Brady told a friend the fact it came over the phone was, quote, telling about how badly the duo's relationship had deteriorated over the years. This is via Seth Wickersham uh, from his book, It's Better to Be Feared. So I hope I pronounced that right, by the way. But yeah, I mean, man, Bill Belichick is he's cold, man. I mean, he just straight up. I mean, after 20 years winning six Super Bowls, he's like, nah, I'm not available to talk to you, bro. Sorry. I mean, and Brady came out and said like, this is not a time to reminisce on it. And like, oh, it's going to be a massacre. I mean, I'd be, we'll see what they, I'm very interested to see what happens after the game because it'll be whatever, you know, 35 to 14 Buccaneers blow them out. I mean, are Belichick and Brady going to be cool? Is Belichick going to be like, nah, screw you, whatever. Because ah, it's just a weird, weird situation. But man, Belichick, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, you got to at least say goodbye, man, in person. Like you can't just, ugh, ridiculous. But all right, we're going back to the NBA here. So this was just a, this is from Instagram, Lakers KJ. He's just a, Los Angeles Lakers fan page. And I really like everything he puts out there. Obviously, it's pro Lakers, but he talks about other stuff too. So he put out some polls. I'm not going to read the results of those polls. I'm just going to give my thoughts on them. So he said, who is more of a threat to the Lakers, the Suns or the Clippers? I don't know why this is a question. It's obviously the Suns. I mean, they had a better, like they had a better season last year. They were the better team last year. They have a better roster going into this year. Uh... And, I mean, just to make it as easy as possible, Kawhi's not going to play this year. Like, he's out for the year. I know he resigned. So, I mean, Paul George is the number one. We'll see. But, I mean, if it's Paul George and Eric Bledsoe versus Booker and Chris Paul, I'll take Booker and Chris Paul. I know. And Aiton, right? I mean, this is easily the Suns. This shouldn't even be a debate. On to the next one. Who's more of a threat to the Lakers again? The Nets or the Bucks? I know this is going to shock you guys. The Bucks, man. They're coming off winning the NBA championship, you know, and they want to go back to back. Giannis is motivated. I don't think they'll have, you know, they call it the Super Bowl hangover, but I know this is basketball. Like, you know, the team who wins the title, it starts off not as good the next year or just overall isn't as good next year. I'm not saying the Bucks or the Nets will win the NBA title or get to the finals, you know, but... I think the Bucks are more of a threat right now uh, just because they have Giannis who can guard LeBron or Davis. He'll only be able to guard one. He'll probably guard Davis, and he can guard him very, very well. Now, Davis can guard Giannis pretty well as well. That was a lot of wells. but uh, And then they'll put Middleton on LeBron, which, 
of course you take LeBron, but Middleton can match up pretty well. And then you got Holiday on Holiday beats or oh no, I'm oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I forgot we have Westbrook. So you got Holiday Westbrook, which is a hell of a matchup. Like I think the Bucks and the Lakers match up very well, and the Bucks are much deeper. The Bucks are younger. I I just think the Bucks are more talented, less drama, deeper, more focused. Had a better season last year. Beat the Nets last year. I mean, what else do I need to say? I mean, I, I'm just worried about this Kyrie drama. We'll see what happens with Harden and Durant. They're all injury prone. They're all drama queens. I gotta go with the Bucks, man. But I know a lot of people may disagree with that. All right, staying with the Lakers here. Who would you prefer for the Lakers, Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards? Now, let me just say this. I know Lamelo Ball is, or I believe Lamelo Ball is better than Anthony Edwards. I do. But the question is, who would you prefer for the Lakers? And I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Edwards. I'm a big fan of Lamelo. I'm taking Anthony Edwards here. The poll results for this one was 73% LaMelo and 23% Anthony Edwards. And like people just don't know what they're talking about. LaMelo's great. LaMelo's better than Anthony Edwards in my opinion. But LaMelo doesn't help the Lakers that much, believe it or not. He's not a great shooter. And we already have Westbrook and LeBron and Davis who are all great passers. And we got Rondo off the bench. Like We have so much playmaking and passing on this team. We don't need to worry about it. We could get Anthony Edwards, who's just a pure scorer. Drive to the rim. He's a, I think he's a better shooter than LaMelo. Um, mid-range for sure, but probably three as well. Just a pure scorer. I think that's honestly one of the things the Lakers are missing. Just a pure scorer. And uh, now we don't have a chance of getting Anthony Edwards or LaMelo, but that would be, like, that's just what he asked. So yeah, I think it's Anthony Edwards. I think LaMelo's better, but the question was, who would you prefer for the Lakers, but man, that 30 minutes went by so fast, but yeah, I got to end the episode here, but oh my gosh, it is so great to be back, guys, like, I just want to thank all of you guys once again, I'm not even going to name all you guys, because there's so many people, but thank, like, thanks to all of you, seriously, because you guys just encourage me and say, hey, bring the podcast back, when are you going to bring it back, dude, where's the podcast, like, go home and make one right now, like, these are actual comments that I get, guys, and it's just, it's great to be back. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. I know I was probably rusty because I literally haven't done this in months, but I'll get back into rhythm here. I'll get better, but yeah, it's so good to be back guys, but we're already at the 30 minute mark. I will see you guys hopefully soon in the next episode. Thank you all for watching. Peace out.